You've got Peter Bergman and David Osmond. Peter Bergman down here in Hollywood where you don't say no until you have to. And Osmond up on the Emerald Isle there, Whidbey Island. How you doing, Dave? Well, it's a bit of a rainy day today, but uh, I think uh, uh, they said it was going to be six days of sunshine. But, you know, it's the Pacific Northwest, so it's it's, yep. it's a little rainy today. But they say it's going to clear and all, all that. It's very It's very beautiful, of course. Um, well, I, I'm, sorry, I, I, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to tell you that Barack Obama has negotiated away your um, sunny days just to keep the world from ending. That's yes. part of the deal. Yeah, that is yeah. part of the deal, right? Well, of course. I mean, we don't want the world to end, do we? No, no. That'd be a very bad, uh, very bad uh, precedent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, precedent. True. I mean, precedent. Yeah, well, one, one, one sitting on top of the other. I. Um, I don't know, Dave. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, like, take it as uh, business as usual, but what's going on in Washington, and I know we're a great distance from it, is absolutely mind-boggling. It, it, it makes me very, very uh, tentative, nervous. I actually believe that these people are so out of touch or so bought or so naive or so, I don't know, on political steroids that they're willing to literally drop us into a Great Depression to make some sort of weird point. Uh, I I just don't know where they're coming from. I mean, well, Pete, know, I, I, all... I I would have said that uh, Hollywood is fantasy land down there where you are in the in the great uh, southern desert of California, where everything is fake and phony. But it's uh, it's it's turned out that everything is fake and phony in Washington D.C. too. I got to say that one thing about the beautiful Whidbey Island is nothing is fake and phony up here. People are without yeah. work. Uh, yeah. People are striving to get their second or third jobs. Uh, people yeah. are driving their old cars. It's pretty normal up here. But in the fantasy lands of uh, Washington and uh, Hollywood and maybe other places around the country, I don't know. May, are there other fans? Southern Florida, perhaps. I don't know. Well, you, you know something? L.A. is less and less of a fantasy land every day because it's filled with hundreds of thousands, millions of hardworking families. It's very real. I mean, you know, there's a small group of people who make entertainment, most of which is a fantasy to, to, to a certain degree. Of course, there is one fantasy on Whidbey Island. The people in the South think they're smarter and more sophisticated and better than the people in the North of the island. And the people in the North of the island think they're more patriotic and more down-to-earth and commonsensical than the people in the South. And that's totally phony. Okay. <laughs> well, that's so, <clears throat> that's that, that's kind of the precipice of, upon which the country is uh, teetering yeah. at the moment. All right. So we got this whole debt crisis. I want to hip the audience to the and yourself and to everyone else to give you a little rundown on if we owe all this money, Dave. Who do we owe it to? Okay. All right. The debt is over nine point seven trillion dollars. That's eight times the amount. We owe China. So China is one-eighth of our debt. That's a lot, right? But that's all they owe, right? Eight percent. Compared to the nearly 68 percent of the debt is domestic. We owe almost four and a half, almost 4.6 trillion of the overall 14 trillion uh, to, to, the, to the foreign states. Okay, China is actually the third biggest individual credit of the U.S. behind the Social Security Fund 
at $2.67 trillion. So the fund we're trying to save is one of our largest debtors. They own the bonds, okay? <clears throat> so if we default, we default the very system we're, not trying, we're trying to save. And the $1.63 trillion that the Federal Reserve owns, because they've been buying all these bonds to somehow pump money into the market, and of course the money's being kept by the rich and the corporations. Do you know <clears throat> that Apple holds more money right now than the government would make that the government would make on the first day in order to pay off the debt. Apple could pay off the debt right now with the amount of money they have. Okay. Well, it's they're, they're making a product that uh, people like, that is attractive, that people buy. It's uh, an unwarlike uh, uh, prospect right. to own a an iPhone or an iPad. It's uh, it allows you to enter the information universe, which uh, is um, what should we say? Not, uh, the it's neither neither good nor bad. It's information. And yes. uh, um, uh, those are good. That's that's good. That's good. Those are good products. And yes, in fact, Apple could uh, Apple could pay make the first uh, payment, payment on on the without, national debt. Yeah, without feeling a thing. Now, of the debt, we do owe almost a trillion dollars of the debt is in the hands of American households, real average everyday Americans that have money market accounts, middle-class Americans, the poor don't have money market accounts, they hardly have any money, and they spend most of their time trying to save it at the market. But people who were in, you know, have 401ks, pension plans, well, there's another thing. I mean, you know, any pensions we get are from plans that own tons of T-bills. So as we, as we draw things to the brink, we're literally hanging ourselves, okay? So I want to give you a, my, my take on this. It's an editorial I wrote. Okay. All right. I want you, I want you to suffer me on this. <laughs> so, uh, and it goes something. Let me just get it set up here so it's all very, uh, all very regular. Mm-hmm. All right. Here. All right. Yeah. Okay. An editorial uh, by the Wizard of Radio Free Oz. All right. Here we go. Uh, hold on. I'm just getting myself. <laughs> all right. Here we go. However. This debt ceiling fiasco is resolved, is not the heart of the matter. Whether there's a stroke of midnight last-minute compromise or a market-crushing default is not the point. Disregard the cockamamie solutions and concentrate on the congressional freak show we've been treated to, a dismal portent of what we can expect from a Congress composed of right-wing bullies eager to drown the government and liberal Wall Street pimps, both sides of the aisle sucking at the teats of the super PACs and billionaire bundlers. The president seems dazed and confused. He and his administration did not take the true temperature of the Republican opposition that dominates the House and hobbles the Senate. It took them too long to realize that the Tea Party true believers and their opportunistic fellow travelers who came to power in the shellacking of 2010 were ready to take the whole country down if the Congress and the president didn't bend to their will. But who would have thought? We're all graduates of high school civics and the occasional political science class in college. In none of them do I remember a band of juiced-up, narrow-minded ideologues tearing the country apart, all in the name of their inerrant and holy crusade. Wait a minute. I forgot about the lead-up to the Civil War. Unfortunately, there's no Lincoln waiting in the wings. For a while, I thought Obama might fill that role, but he's got too many planets in nerd to fill those shoes. Because he's as naive as he appears. Perhaps he is. 
Certainly, his administration and his party have let the Republicans form and lead the debate for almost two years now. Roosevelt trounced Hoover in 32 because Hoover responded to the great crash with, with budget cutting and deflationary hard money policies. Sound familiar? FDR didn't buy it. He pump-primed the economy big time to put shovels in as many hands and chickens in as many pots as possible. If Obama and the Wall Street wonderkins are so bloody smart, how could they possibly give any credence to the patently bogus line that cutting taxes and ending regulations will lead to job growth? Never has and never will. Well, recently the president told the American people to call their representatives and tell them to compromise and end this crisis. I'm going to cut out the middleman and call the pres himself. Hello, sir. This is one of your constituents calling to tell you to strap some on. Go ahead. Use the 14th Amendment or issue an executive order and raise the damn debt ceiling. Call their bluff and put an end to this economic blackmail. They say they'll impeach you if you do. No worries, mate. They don't have the guts or the votes to pull it off. The only way to make a bully sit down is to stand up to them. Good luck, sir. You're going to need it. And that's my editorial. Well, okay. <clears throat> yeah, he is going to need it. We're we're um, we're recording this at the beginning of the week on uh, Sunday, and the latest news is well, there isn't any latest news. Uh, no, it's it's, it's uh, a interesting thing in the New York Times today, just as a sub sub uh, a clause to this particular uh, affair, uh, snuck into all of these bills. It are various amendments that have nothing to do with the bill itself that are all entirely anti-ecological, anti. Yep. Uh, 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 so it's not a matter of <clears throat> it's not a matter of um, returning the country to um, fiscal stability. It is in fact a massive movement on the part of these people to destroy everything that's happened in this country for the good since 1932. Yes, they have hated the it since 1932. Yeah. They aren't old enough to remember 1932. Not even we are old enough to remember uh, the beginning of the Roosevelt administration. But um, uh, uh, we came out of those depression years. We came out of that. Uh, and, and where did we go? We went directly into the Second World War. Oh, that did solve the problem, Mr. President. So uh, it, it, it's, it seems that the wars have not improved the situation. And for some reason, uh, in, in, unfathomable, why the populace, the general populace, doesn't f blame or reasonably accuse or feel that the murderous George W. Bush has put the economy into this situation by propagating wars and uh, 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 tax reductions that have had nothing to do with fiscal, uh, fiscal sense, moral responsibility, or the job and duty of the United States government in the world. Right, David. And, and not, to, not to forget, of course, that it was these people in Congress who want to load raising the debt ceiling with all of this tax cutting and various other pernicious amendments are the very people who voted for the illegal Iraq war, voted for the Afghan war, voted for the Medicare um, uh, drug plan that was unfunded, voted for the Bush tax cuts for the wealthy. They're the people that put us here. And, and you know, by the way, you're, you're right. They, they are intent on, on pushing us back into basically 
uh, as that article you sent me said, into uh, a country run by banana Republicans. Exactly. One of the things that one of the things that that was a sticking point in the House was the Pell Grants. Can you believe it? Uh, a small program that allows people who can't afford it to go to college has got to be ruthlessly cut away so we can give those fucking plutocrats all the money they don't already have. And they want to, they want to take the EPA and completely emasculate it. They want to encourage uranium mining in the Grand Canyon. They want to allow um, um, mining companies to cut the tops off mountains. They want to uh, take away uh, endangered, uh, the endangered species from all the species. They basically want to put us in the hands of the cut and clear, you know, um, uh, goblins. That's who they are. They're, if they're not of the devil, they certainly have had serious Skypes with him because <laughs> because. Because that's what's coming down. And why don't people respond? Let me tell you what I think it will go. The poor are so burdened, and always have been, that they have no time to sit back and consider things on a political basis. The rich, most of them, are just gobbling up as much as they can. They have lost whatever social consciousness they ever had. That's why we reread about the three or four super rich who are on our side. You know, Bill Gates, George Soros, uh, Warren Buffett, uh, whatever. Okay, All the rest of them are, give me more. And the middle class from which all of this comes is being crushed. Why are they allowing themselves to? I think it's bad food, too much television, uh too much, too much alcohol, too many drugs, too much taken for granted. I think they're flabby. I think that they don't have any idea on how to take care of themselves. They're living in an artificial world, and they're paying for it right now. That's my take. Well, you know, I go back to what uh, Boehner said a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> which was uh, we have fundamentally different uh, views of what this country should be, he said of Obama. We have fundamentally different views of what this country should be. Here's yeah. what's here. He, and uh, last week's demonstration in Tahrir with the huh in it, Tahrir Square in Egypt, uh, a massive demonstration by uh, religious right wingers, let's put it that way. Uh, declaring that the most important thing is the religious state, the religious law coming before any sort of civil law. Big, big demonstration. Mm -hmm. And one of the demonstrators said, this shows we're the majority. Well, majorities fundamentally don't count in a democracy. 51, 49, you lose. That's what the uh, Hopi Indians told us years ago. That's where the majority, is, the so-called, this imitation majority is putting us. And it's putting everybody who doesn't agree with this egregious, stupid, greedy, uh, 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 uncompassionate philosophy. They're putting everybody as if we didn't exist. As if yeah. we didn't exist. Now, how do we get around that with a president who doesn't acknowledge the existence of the other country? The one that yeah. isn't the right-wing bastion. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Mr. President. I have lost confidence in you. Not that I ever had a lot. Well, you know, I was a huge Barack Obama fan. Oh, yeah. I feel that still, 
still, I mean, it was he was the right person at the right time. The only thing that explains to me how he could be so bent over backwards, as I say, the brave, the brave administration and the brave Democrats carrying the white flag into battle. The only thing that I can imagine, and I'm not in the White House, and I'm, you know, I'm not in the midst of this, but if you're convinced that these right-wing, uh, you know, anti-patriots, these treasonable bastards, are really willing to take us into a major depression, and I think that the White House knows that's exactly what will happen if this thing dissolves, that they found themselves in the position of having to give them anything they want. It's like being, it is like negotiating at gunpoint. Yeah, people say, why doesn't Barack Obama call their bluff? They're not bluffing. Uh, Boehner couldn't get 20, 22 members of his own party to vote on the his own, the leader's bill. Nancy Pelosi never had that problem. These people can't have their arms twisted, David, because they don't care about being reelected. They don't care about perks. They don't care what committee they can be put on. They don't care about local pork. They really think that God and their idea of the Constitution has sent them there to save the country. It, it's religious. And maybe what oh, Barack yeah. Obama is looking at is, look, if I don't give these guys a couple of trillion dollars worth of cuts, they're going to literally ruin us. And I won't take that chance. That's the only way I can explain in a positive way what's going on. Otherwise, he's just, did you see the cartoon we put on Oz where Nancy Pelosi is holding up a pair of testicles? And, she, and it says there, as they've, uh, as they've reaped, so shall, as he's reaped, so shall it be sown. I mean, you know, yeah. so am I. I don't know if that's the answer, David. Maybe I'm falling into the whole bully pulp, the bully side of the bully pulpit. I just don't know. I mean, you know, in a TV show, the president wakes up in the third act, walks to the podium and says, OK, MF, come at me. Let me see you do your worst because I want to put you down because the American people, we wake up. You just can't pull this shit. I don't know if they are going to. No, I think I think he's the anti that guy. I think yes. uh, Chicago, you know, is the most terrifying city probably in the United States uh, as far as the uh, the underclass, the black underclass in, in Chicago. They've, they're, they're trying to stop them from murdering e- each other's children on a daily basis. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a pleasant city, I think, probably to live in if you're in the underclass. If no black. city is pleasant to live in in the underclass. Well, David. you know, or, you know, probably or, Los Angeles is uh, is more um, hospitable because at least it's it's widely spread out and has a lot of taqueria trucks. Okay, all right, I'll take your point. So he comes out of a he's comes out of a, a situation which if you don't if you aren't conciliatory in some way, you're dead. I would say that would be true, and I mean, no, no blame for that attitude. Uh, uh, but faced with a gun, what do you do? You try to talk down the situation. Um, you're, you, you, you take a nonviolent stance. Uh, you, That's what you, he's doing. You, you, he's you taking atta- a nonviolent stance. Yeah. You're right. Well, yeah, and, and I think that comes out of his community relations, his whole situation in in uh, in Chicago, his basically really smart middle class, uh, you know, views. Um, but none of that is uh, governance. None of that well, is governance. And well, it, and know, there are three. There are three part. There are three parts of government here. You know, there's the Congress, 
which can't do anything. There's the Supreme Court, which has been sold out to the Nazis. And there's the president. So how can we bear the president sinking to his knees in the face of people who are clearly, clearly stupid, angry, violent, dangerous, 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 have no compassion and no worldview and are striving at this very moment to prevent Sharia law, sure, whatever that, you know, Sharia, Sharia law. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, knock something <laughs> oh my over God. here. It, he it, fell it's, right over. He did. Uh, um, did I change anything, David? No. Uh, uh, it's, it, it, there's a huge movement to try to keep uh, us from falling under Islamic rule. I mean, yeah. it's completely, completely insane. Maybe even more insane than anti-communism was, which was pretty damn crazy. Well, I well know, David, I, it's very, here it, we are. It, yeah, here we are griping and griping. What? No, I'm not griping. I'm, I'm, I'm really not griping. I'm trying to, like, uh, uh, in a sense, exercise these feelings. But the question I have to ask, which nobody answers, is, yeah. okay, if you're Barack Obama, tell me what you would do. And most of the people in my local piratical um, a coffee house will say, well, I'd get up there and I'd draw a line in the sand and I would get tough. And I'd say, well, you know, I think he's capable of that. I just think that he believes the country is going to go down the toilet into a major depression if he doesn't give these bastards everything they want. Why? You know, he isn't a, a right-wing moderate. That's not true. That's not who he is. I just want to know how we could have come to the point to allow us to be in a situation where we have no choice but to give in to the... Be- because, uh, fa- the because, Christian because we didn't get rid of the brown shirts when they showed up on the street. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we it's it, it, I, because I, I go back to a reference I made some time ago about uh, um, the development of the Nazi regime was largely based in everybody signing an agreement to not or to do something. Uh, and and what we've got now is how many senators? I mean, how many representatives out of the Republican Party have signed Grover Norquist's, uh, you know, uh, uh, pledge, pledge to no no more taxes, no more nothing, Grover, no more yeah, nothing. Grover, no, Grover wants to shrink the government to the size where he can drown it in a bathtub. That does that is Hitlerian. That really is. Absolutely. If you start talking about, you know, exterminating bed bugs and drowning governments, it's all buzzwords. And they've got this powerful gaggle of Tea Partyists who really think that they're refighting the American Revolution. These people have been watching too much bad Civil War and Revolutionary War reenactments on television. They are seeing through a flat screen darkly. Hey, how, how how can we how how can we take seriously the dress up crowd? I mean, it's dress up. It's not even junior high school. It's grammar school out there. Well, you know, what it, you know, it's also the creative anachronists. It's very similar to uh, Star Wars. 
uh, conventions to Comic Con. Yeah, it's all the same thing. Dress up. Now I am Captain America. Now I am George Washington. There's no difference except the guy at Comic Con uh, or the girl who's Catwoman knows she really isn't Catwoman when she goes back to you know Chicago and is a secretary. But the guy that puts on the tricolor hat really believes he is George Washington, no matter where he is. That's it, and that's a difference. Well, what else is in the news, Pete, other than this insanity, which will be over by uh, a a day or two from now, we hope? Well, it won't be over, David, because even if they come up with some sort of a, a, a fix, and even if we don't get downgraded come the end of September, which is what, a few moments away, we have to come up with a budget or we close the government down. So let me tell you, here's one of my favorite things, the GOP leadership. How are these people stimulating themselves and, and, and strapping on those gonads for this fight? Well, the House GOP leadership played a video clip. This is in their caucus, the whole leadership, from the Ben Affleck movie, The Town, to rally support for the John Boehner plan. And here's the, the key part that they played, Ben Affleck. I don't pretend to be doing him, okay? No. I need, I need help. I can't tell you what it is. You can never ask me about it later, and we're going to hurt some people. Jeremy Renner says, what car are we going to take? Now, if you've seen the movie, you'll remember the characters then put on hockey masks and bludgeon two men with sticks and shoot one man in the leg. So maybe this is their new strategy, okay? That was would, the clip? That was the clip. Boy. I I would respect the assholes in Congress, the GOP, if they were to put on hockey masks and come out to vote this down and that up I, and, and bring sticks and start beating people. Oh, I'm sure then they I will. I, I'm, I'm sure that that's a very good idea. I'm sure hockey masks would be very popular in the uh, – well, when it gets a little cooler in Washington, D.C., in the caucus, yeah. then, then you can't be recognized, of course. But remember, it's air conditioned in the caucus, so you can put on your hockey mask. It may be instead of hockey masks, as they are indeed, you're quite right, rigid and a little hard, those Mexican uh, wrestling masks. Wrestling match, uh, uh, masks, yeah, perfect, perfect. And, uh, el superior, than... el, yeah. el magico atomico. Oh, yeah, el, yeah, sure. El tax slasher, el patriotato. Yeah, yes, exactly. So that at least you can understand where they're at. They can come out wearing scary patriotic masks. Well, David, it's one thing if we were pulling off this kind of bad kabuki theater in a relatively prosperous time. But we are now faced with the fact that the economy is going backwards. And I think that's, they're happy with that. These people won't talk about jobs. They won't talk about people meet, making ends meet. The Commerce Department said that the annualized adjusted rate for April through June is 1.3%, they thought, and it's been revised down to 0.4%. This is We're growing annual at growth. a less Annual, yeah, the growth, the growth, the annual growth in this last quarter while we're doing all of this fighting and showboating is 0.4%. And nobody's buying, nobody's producing. One of the reasons it's dropped is it turns out that inventories were a lot larger than they thought. In other words, companies are holding on to goods and flooring goods they can't sell in a much larger way than anybody thought, i.e., they're calling it now. They want to call it, they want to go from the Great Recession to the Little Depression. I mean, I tell you, it's Starbucks world. 
How big is this depression? Is it small, vente, grande? You know, and, and the words are important because if you say it's a depression, you're using the D word. You may as well be talking about death, the other D word you can't use. You know, when I went to college, the D word that, that nobody wanted to use was diaphragm. But now it's <laughs> depression and, and death. Well, oh Pete, Pete, the big news of the week was, uh, d- didn't you see the picture of all those auto executives, including the Italian, all sitting there? And by the time we've been dead for a quarter of a century, all vehicles will have to get, you know, 35 miles to the gallon. Yeah, my, my, Thank yeah. you so much, Mr. President. I really appreciate that. And you too, Mr. Fiat. Right. And they did it by fiat. Of course they did it by fiat. But do I hear the, you know, all of these riders on this uh, uh, debt bill are so poisonous and so obviously uh, um, uh, there to counteract the, the, uh, the, the compassion of the country, the protection of resources, et cetera, et cetera, you know, the whole thing. And these are not, I, I mean, if I were president, yes, I would get out there and say this is unacceptable. And if this writer stays in this bill, I don't care if it gives everybody in the country $10,000. I'm not signing it. Well, the thing, because the it's anti-human. Yeah. The, the, the problem is, is that he may feel that way, but if, if making that stand, if, if drawing that line in the concrete or the sand or whatever medium you may choose, basically puts the entire country at risk. Remember, Dave, and this, this is a beauty. You know, the economy is actually smaller now than in 2010 when the so-called Great Recession began. Yeah, it's smaller now. So he's looking at a shrinking economy and a group of treasonous right-wing, God, I don't even know what to call them. I don't usually like to call names. There are no names. These are a... These are abominations, is who they are. When, when, we, talk, when we talk about lack of employment, uh, uh, we are not talking about guys who, for minimum wage, are going to carve the top off of that mountain that has uh, coal under it. We're, talking, uh, we're not talking uh, about uh, useful, profitable jobs. And I understand that 90% of the country is employed. No, let me take that back. 80%? No, let me take that back. Uh, 75% of the country is unemployed, uh, is employed, maybe, because there are many, many, many of us who haven't had jobs for years, and they don't even count the people who have never had jobs but work uh, uh, on a daily basis. There is no, all that, all that employment counting is completely, Complete nonsense, because there. And once we run out of um, uh, unemployment insurance, remember unemployment insurance. Once we run out of that, then they're not going to count people who aren't out of work at all because they won't have to pay them anything. They 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 did not the Commerce Department, but there was a, a study done as to what percentage of available workable people right are employed. It was 51%. 51%. There you go. Somewhere between 50 and 51%. Half of the ability to, to work people are out of work, and most of that is involuntary. Sure, there are people who don't want to work for one. And also, they don't count housewives and housefathers as work and won't pay them for it. 
You know, I mean, you have to give up a job so you can bring up your family, but there's no value. Involved. Hey, this doesn't. There's just no value. Yeah, those are, those are, concepts do not mean anything <laughs> to somebody who is sleeping in his congressional office to save money. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the most depressing picture imaginable. Can you imagine what the socks smell like and the old tennis shoes? Oh, I'm going to go take my shower in the house uh, 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 gym. Well, Jim, I don't have a house gym. Okay, Jim. I mean, they're they're still they they are still uh, preying on the privileges of office, even though they're 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 you know even though they don't care about reelection, even though well, David, you know yeah yeah you have to you have to remember that when they do go into the house gym to gym to uh, wash their socks and their bodies. Up until very recently, they had to stand next to Representative Wiener taking iPhone pictures of his wiener. So it was not an easy choice to make, okay? <laughs> it was, it was a, that was a tough time. Look, why don't we take a break here from all this marvelous fetching? Yeah, right? yeah. You, are in, you are in fine f- form, David. I mean, I must say, if it, takes a, if it takes the brink of chaos and depression to bring you out, well, hallelujah. Let's, 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 let's go to a little music, okay, just to give everybody a chance to take a breath. And we'll all be right back. Before, I also want to remind you that um, the, we still need your we need your contributions. They're coming in rather slowly now because we're not we're not in an official fund drive. And if we have to go back and start another, you all get it. Come on, bring it on. Keep us on the air. Let's play some music. the shards of glass into the trash when i pop a knee string i can change a new one in a flash but when you break i'm stuck without a clue i never learned to fix a thing like you when the server's down your pseudo has been reboot in a shell when the market tanks you call your broker tell them sell 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 Never learn to fix a thing like you. the neosporin from the shelf when i stub my toe i curse in flowing verses to myself but when you hurt i'm stuck without a clue i never learned to fix a thing like you when a faucet leaks i tighten up the gasket with a wrench when the toilet's stuck i plunge it down before the floor gets drenched but when I don't know what to do I never learned to fix a thing like you
hurt parts Yeah, I will learn to mend your troubled heart Yeah, I will learn to mend your troubled heart I know I'm slow Got so much to learn Shows I'll be the place where you can turn I'll lend an ear To find out what I need to repair Try and dry your eyes and fix the scattered parts. Yeah, I will learn to mend your troubled heart. That was Josh Woodward, uh, one of the favorite um, uh, troubadours here on Oz, with a new song of his called The Handman's Lament. He can fix everything except you when you fall apart. Well, I have good news for you, David. Good. Okay? Good. It's not all bad news. Uh, U.S. counterterrorism officials. Now, that, of course, i got to stop right there. Who is a counterterrorism official? It is so 1984 or it's so Lilliputian. I don't know, man. Okay, so U.S. counterterrorism officials are increasingly convinced the killing of Osama bin Laden and the toll of seven years of CIA drone strikes have pushed al-Qaeda to the brink of collapse. The assessment reflects a widespread view of the CIA and agencies that a relatively small number of additional blows are necessary to wipe them out. Well, if that's true, and I'm no fan of al-Qaeda, okay, then what are we doing in Afghanistan? I thought we were there to neutralize al-Qaeda. Well, it looks like we've done our job. Let's bring the boys back home, Dave. Yeah, there are are 10 or 12 guys we still have to hit, and that requires thousands of CIA agents. And uh, uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's time to bring bring the the boys home, not to mention the the boys in the phony war, the Iraq war. Sorry about that, all you patriotic Americans who fought that war. You were wrong, just like you were wrong in Vietnam. You were wrong. What you do is resist. Although here's the thing about the Army right now, as we perfectly well know, it's it's employment. It's employment. And um, when you can't get a job somewhere else, you can get a job in the Navy. You only have to work for 20 years. Uh, that's that's better than I mean we've been working for forty five years and haven't made a penny, so you know you can retire on uh, on your twenty years in the military and you don't necessarily have to get killed or even have to be in 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 battle. So it's it's become a reasonable uh, alternative to uh, uh, working at Starbucks. Well, you know, David, not everybody's getting in. It's not as easy as it used to be. Oh and no, when they were when taking the bring- druggies in, yeah, right. Well, when when we bring the boys and girls back home. There's no work for them. 
they're going to get cashiered out of the of Army, Navy, and and the Marines because they're you know it's it's only so large and they don't want to, they don't need them once they're home and not putting their bodies at risk. They really don't need them, man. Okay, so there there are no boots there are no boots for the boots on the ground. There's no jobs. It's not like coming back to Allentown, PA, where your job pouring red hot you know coal and steel is available. Now there's none of that. Okay, okay. So all right, other good news. Sarah Palin's movie, right? What was that called? The Undefeated, all right? Because she was defeated in the election, but The Undefeated. It opened in 14 Tea Party-friendly locations last ah, weekend. Tea Party-friendly. Tea Party-friendly locations, 14 of them, okay? And grossed incomplete $24,000. <laughs> <laughs> I went and to see Sarah's movie, and I was all alone. Well, do you know about that one, right? The, 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 in Orange County, there was a preview, and this reporter went to see, and she was the only one in the right. theater, except for two women who came in and thought that it was a, a Clint Eastwood movie. And when they, when they found out what it was, they left. Uh, but here's the strange thing. Because the media, all of the media, from the New York Times to Fox down to the stupidest blog, give her nothing but press coverage. Every time she says something, her picture, because they want to show this cutie, pops right up. So even though she's not popular amongst the movie-going public, and although she has almost no standing as a candidate, she still is the highest paid, most publicized Republican in the country. All right? Now, here's, I've got to quote to you something. Now, if, if, there's, if you've had any recent facial surgery and it hurts you to cringe, I don't want you to listen. I want to tell my listeners and our listeners out there, if cringing is going to hurt, turn away. All right? This is a tweet that Sarah Palin published just in the midst of this crisis. I think it was like four or five days ago. Now, get this. Here's what she says. Out here in proverbial Politico flyover country, we little folk, wait a minute. Go on, go on, she go gets, on. Don't, don't interrupt no, this read. Gets, come, come on. She, no, we little gets, folk, go on. We little folk in the political flyover country mm-hmm. are watching the debt ceiling debate with great interest and concern. So she's part of the little folk, yeah. okay? Yeah, Told you, it's the, a wincer. These are the Lilliputians, right? Yeah. Right, right. Okay. She's, she's a leprechaun living in flyover country. Today, I reread the open letter I wrote to Republican freshman members of Congress in 2010, just days after they were ushered into office in a historic landslide victory due in large part to the activism of common sense patriots who are considered part of the Tea Party movement. Oh, so she's in the Tea Party now, see? Okay. Common she's sense patriots. Party, and she's from flyover country and mm-hmm. she's little. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. I respectfully ask these GOP freshmen to reread this letter and remember us in quotes, little people, there it is again, mm. who believed in them, donated to their campaign, spent hours tirelessly volunteering for them, and trusted them with our votes. She didn't volunteer for anybody. She didn't give any money. All she did was take money. Okay. This new wave of public servants may recall that they were sent to D.C. for such a time as this. Okay? All my best to you GOP freshmen up there, up from up here in the last frontier. 
So mm. she's back in Alaska, the state she abandoned. Nobody right? flies over Alaska. It's no, not flyover country. No, no, no. You, no, you have to Ex really want to go there. Yeah, Putin, Putin, he's always flying over. You can see him. All right, but here's her P.S., which has the Republicans dithering. P.S., everyone I talk to still believes in contested primaries. What a bully and a bitch. And by bitch, I don't mean a woman. I just mean a son of a bitch. I mean, she is... She is just, she has no loyalty, she has no sense of proportion, and the, and the Republicans continue to give her a total free pass. Well, as, you said, as it, you said at the beginning, you know, her face is uh, ubiquitous in the media. Uh, is that because she's a cutie? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe no. that is. She's probably a little more cutie than the, than the other one who's running, the other crazy woman. Oh, can you yeah. imagine... Taking, you know, bedding Michelle Bachman, uh, Ann Coulter, right? She's just Ann There's Coulter another from one. Minnesota. Uh, you know, and Sarah Palin's not my type either. But yeah, because they're they, they look decent, all right. Because they're remember she came in second. What is a, a second in the beauty contest? No, not first in the hearts of the judges. Uh, you know, she, she's she's a big deal, and and we let her get away with well, it. Well, you we know, just... I, it's, I I I I got to say, I opened the New York Times entertainment section, and there was a picture of is is she called Snooky? Some Snooky, yeah, Snooky, Snooky, yeah. Snooky yeah. in Italy, and her Snooky. and her muscle bound oh. New Jersey compatriots, Snooky. Now, if the New York Times publishes a picture of Snooky, how can they yeah. not? publish a picture of Sarah Palin. You're right. You're it, absolutely You know, right. if you get yes. to the point in the media where uh, you're celebrating people who are zero, who simply are zero, big tits maybe, but that's it, zero, uh, then, then it really becomes even more and more hopeless. You said at the beginning, maybe this is caused by people watching too much television. And there, there's yeah. no question that the Snookyization and the uh, um, uh, the Foxization, now Fox, oh, we don't even want to get into that, um, that uh, the, th this has um, completely changed the message that's going out to the American people, as it were, if there is such a thing as the American people. By popularizing zeros, by making people who have no talent, uh, a, 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 a built like a brick outhouse, uh, wearing attractive glasses with an expensive haircut. Um, and, of course, this doesn't count all the men on uh, Fox who all have expensive haircuts and nice suits. Um, if these, these are the images that are going out. Th this is what people, not everybody, not everybody, not people who don't have televisions and not people who, you know, don't waste their time with all of this stuff, but the people, whoever they are. That's, this seems to be what they're w watching. It's degrading the imagery that, uh, that, that, that makes for an American, uh, an American image. That's why the Tea Party guys dressed like George Washington degrade not only George Washington, but degrade the whole image of America in its in its most patriotic, in its most um, Norman Rockwell kind of way. Yeah. Well, Dave, uh, you know, television steals your imagination. If you sit down and everybody sits down watching TV, nobody stands up. 
Only if at the bar. Down, yeah, yeah, right. For not and not for long. If you stand, if you sit down and watch TV and let it take your imagination and let it describe for you what is what the world looks like and and, and appears to be, then you're going to live inside the dream of television producers and the people who own those stations. A tiny, tiny group of people who are being given this for free by we the people. They broadcast at our sufferance. And we don't do anything to, to qualify what they can do because America is, free, is freedom of speech. While the, the Supreme Court, including Scalia and, and uh, what's his name, the guy that never speaks, said that money is speech. They're, you know, money talks. That's what they said. Money talks. Well, television is nothing but money. And it talks. Okay. All right, I, I just, you know, I, I'm not even going to get into the, the fact that Rick Perry is going to run for president and is another person that thinks that God has told him to do it. I mean, talk about moving backwards. Didn't we disestablish the church and state as one of the reasons we shed our blood Babe, in that's, the revolution? That's, that's the revolution we are seeing right now, and we're seeing it all over the world. There is a revolt uh, uh, and it's quite demonstrable all over the Middle East, and just as much here in America, there is a religious counter-revolution going on in this country. Get it, Mr. Yes. President, a religious counter-revolution. Get it? That's what's actually happening here. These people are motivated not by economic policy for the most part. They're motivated the, by uh, <laughs> what, what is it? evangelism. Right, evangelism, yes. and uh, 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 th- that is something truly to be scared of. Worse than a depression is the revolution of the religious right in any country, any religion. That's the danger. That's the biggest danger that people can face. David, I've, I suddenly had a flash on, on why this 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 right wing uh, worldwide uh, religious counter counter reformation. Okay, if you want to call it, I don't know. The fact is, the reason is, and I've mentioned this before, and I can't go into it in depth, but I just want to mention so people can be thoroughly confused, which is we have entered the digital age in which things move at the speed of light. We deal almost exclusively with equipment that we not only cannot fix, but we cannot comprehend. The most sophisticated computer scientist and engineer can't comprehend one trillion machine decisions a second by the chip in their computer. It is another, it is, it is an impossible mindset. You go crazy trying to contemplate if infinity and eternity. So therefore we feel more and more out of touch and out of control. And one of the ways to return control is to look at a book and say, this is it. Everything outside of this is of the devil. Everything is of the devil except this book. And the reason Islam is so powerful is that Islam, Muhammad got his message after the printing press was invented so that every character in the Quran is exactly what he wrote down. And nobody disputes that. Okay? 
Whereas the Bible, which Bible you want, which Bible is inerrant, man? Is it the Mel Gibson Bible? Is it the Comics Illustrated Bible? Is it the New American Progressive, um, lots of pictures and we call God by a non-sexist name Bible? Is it the, is it the backwards Bible in Braille for blind Satanists? What Bible, you know, is inerrant? That's the problem. And they all gather together. They may talk about the fact that Sharia law is a is a difficult concept, but they're in the same boat, man. Of course all they're of in those, the same boat. Of course. Same boat, and they all want the same thing, which is, see this book? I'm going to burn this book, and I'm going to drown the government, and we're all going to run by this book. Well, I tell you, baby, as things get tougher and as things get more drastic, we're going to see more of that, not less. Because one of the few things people can afford nowadays is television. Even if it isn't cable television, maybe even if it's just 13 channels, the fact is Fox is one of them, you know, so I have no hope. Well, it brings up the no. uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see the collapse of, uh, of the news of the world and the Fox empire, at, at least uh, uh, shattering a little bit in, yeah. uh, in, in Europe. Maybe it will come around to the United States. I think uh, paying, you know, if you, paying cops to get the giving people phones because you can hack them i mean that's that's pretty dirty i i would be surprised even if uh, the new york post was doing that uh and if they are they should bring them down of course it's com- but it's completely forgettable the corporation is so large even if they lose a murdoch here or a morlock there the fact is they will survive unless we're willing to decapitate corporations, no longer treat them as individuals before the law, but as a gathering of special interests who have to take responsibility for their actions. Well, That's another thing. Corporations don't have to worry about taking responsibility. So on the other side, we the people don't take responsibility either. Oh, Lord. And here we are talking on Skype at the speed of light. You know, so there is a contradiction to what I'm saying. I'm using it to complain. Okay, all right. Let's 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 just go tang. All right, enough <laughs> bang bang bang. A little tang 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 tang. Yes, sirree. Well, it's we've gotten August. We've got through uh, got through July, um, the long hot summer. Nobody's burning down cities; they're just burning down the country. So, so uh, uh, we still have a month to go, right? Still have a month of uh, the month of August to go, and and uh, for what? The, the, for the view of that, yeah, month of summer, you know, because the summer is the time that uh, really quote nothing happens end quote right. So it's been a busy one so far. We'll see what August brings us. As a matter of fact, the next couple of days might uh, yeah. bring us something interesting at the beginning of the month. It's the sixth moon, according to Lee Ho, who lived from seven. 198 to 817, a good 1,200 years ago or so, but this is his August poem, and uh, let's all relax into it. Go, baby, go. Cutting raw silk. Splitting flecked bamboo. We wear frosted robes and lie on mats as cool as jade. A flaming mirror opens in the east. A glowing cartwheel climbs across the sky. The scarlet emperor comes, riding his roaring dragon. Can we wait for the scarlet emperor? And which emperor is he going to be riding 
on his roaring dragon as we move through the next month of uh, of August. So there you are, Uncle Pete. Um, that's the end of that's 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 the end of this show. And I can yes. I, I hear you've taken off your earphones, so <clears throat> if people Just are hearing my voice my voice twice, they'll, they'll know why. All right. Well, I want to thank you, David Asman, me, Peter Bergman, uh, Scott Wilde. I want to thank Dave Maloney. I want to thank Phil Fountain. And I want to thank Chaz Glass and Ted Tom Ged Willow. Many changes coming down for us. Lots of exciting things in the very new future. I'm just going to tease you with it now. Uh, thank you all for being with us. Please support us. We're an outlier. We're a voice outside the voice. You know, we've got... We got a, you know, a couple thousand people that listen to us every day. Let's make that 10,000. Maybe we can all make a living. I don't know. Hey, fondly to be hoped. Thank you, Dave. All right? Fondly to be hoped. Fondly to you, Pete. I'll uh, talk to you next week. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs>